In today's show, we look at players who are overperforming and underperforming. We're going to look at a forward in San Antonio, shout out the horse. We're going to look at a sexy man in Charlotte, Kelly Oubre, and other buy lows and sell highs, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore Beeble, on the Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and on Substack at Josh Lloyd48.substack.com. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So let's again, disclaimer. Because I know someone's going to say something. There are 10 players I'm talking about today. This is not the entirety of bylows across the NBA. I could have had 40 guys on here. This is not the entirety of sell highs in the NBA. I could have had another 50 of those guys on here. These are five of each that I thought would be interesting to talk about. So if the guy that you want doesn't mean that he's not, you can ask the question, drop it in the comments. Hey, is this guy a sell high? But you don't have to go, well, what about this? How can you not have this guy? Well, it's just, I just choose guys, right? We can't do everyone all the time. So just remember this, it is not an exhaustive list. Are we clear on that? I hope so, because I know I'm going to get a question. I know I am. And I know someone's going to ask the question to take the piss. And, you know, fair play to you. All right, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start off how we start off these shows now, and that's by recapping what we did two weeks ago. So we look at the buys and buy, sell, buy lows and sell highs from two weeks ago to see what actually changed in those next two weeks. Mixed results, as it's always going to be. Let's take a look. D'Angelo Russell was a buy low. He was ranked 237th. And since then, he's been ranked 71st. I'm still pretty iffy about it. Obviously, that's a win, but I'm still feeling pretty iffy about where D'Angelo Russell goes this season. Jordan McLaughlin seems to make the team run better when he's out there, but I don't think that Finch and the organization will make that call. But it is something to watch. So while that's great that you were able to get Russell at a cheaper price if you traded for him, I also wouldn't feel particularly secure that he's going to stay where he is. Josh Giddy was an obvious one. He went from 211 to 46th. I think 46th is a little bit too high, and he'll settle in the 70, 60 zone. But look, he's back on track, I think. Keegan Murray, not much change there, unfortunately. 172nd, and he went to 178th. I think in a shallow league, an 8 or 10-team league, you don't need to roster Keegan Murray. And even in a 12-team category league, I'd like to give the rookies that I'm high on, he's not really one of them, but one of the rookies that I'm higher on, at least until the end of November. But we're closing in on that. But in saying that, he's got a 30-minute-plus role. He can get better. And I think I would hold him for a little bit more time. But it's not really improving, is it? It's not really improving. I know everyone hates this guy, but Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Last time we did this two weeks ago, he was 91st. Since then, he's 44th. It's still not where it needs to be because block numbers and field goal percentage aren't right where they need to be. And obviously, he had that zero field goal attempt game yesterday. But it's much better. 
Jordan Aiden's not much better. I still think there's improvement here in Aiden. He went from 92 down to 102. Yuck. But his last two to three games have been much improved. So if people... And rankings are really weird as well. Remember that. Because if we go and have a look at someone like uh, Ayani, Giannis Antetokounmpo, over the last two weeks, the worst player in all of fantasy basketball for category leagues is Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's ranked 418th. But of course, that's not his true value, is it? Because you know with Giannis, you're punting free throws and you take off that punt free throw situation and he dumps right back up. So just rankings are always um, a, a useful tool, but a tool like any other tool, you have to understand the limitations of that tool to get where what, what the value is. And, and Aiton, while 102nd over the last two weeks isn't good, is trending correctly. So you might be able to confuse someone who looks at a player rate or at basketball monster rankings and recent stuff and all that sort of thing to have a look at where those numbers are. But yeah, Aiton's pushing back up. On the sell high side, from last time out, we had Buddy Heald, who was 17th. That was never going to stick, quite obviously. He's having in a slump at the moment. He's 137th over the last two weeks. That'll bounce back inside the top 100. De'Aaron Fox. He was 32nd. I said, oh, you know what? I think this is a bit of a sell high, but I'm not 100% sure. and I'm not sure there's huge value. I think I said something to that degree two weeks ago. And since then, he's been better. He's the 12th ranked player. And if I didn't have a self-imposed rule where I didn't put the sell high guys back on the list straight away, he'd be on it again. He's not maintaining this. He's shooting 58% from the field over the last two weeks. Yes, he's a better free throw shooter. Yes, he's a better three-point shooter. But as I've said multiple times, he's not a better rim finisher than Prime Shaq. He's not a better mid-range shooter than Prime Durant. And I refuse to accept any argument that suggests that he is. He, he isn't. I'm telling you now. The last two weeks, if you take those numbers and extrapolate them, then he is the greatest rim finisher and mid-range shooter of all time. And he is most decisively not that. So there's a massive, massive sell high on Fox. Still in, in, in effect. Get a top 20 player back. Get a top 15 player back. I think he can be a top 30 guy, but I don't think he can be this good. Bol Bol was 42nd. He's fallen to 59th. I do think he's going to continue to fall as players return. Bunkero and Carter um, and Fultz and, Ed, and Anthony and Voldemort, perhaps. All those guys that can potentially return. We're not going to really count Voldemort, but the other guys are going to impact Bol. And I think there is still a sell high in, in effect there for him, but he is dropping a little bit. Des Bain. Went from 20th to 13th. Now, he, he went up and played like two games and then got hurt. So that is skewing that number. But he's been ridiculous. I, you know, it's very hard to sell high when someone's hurt. So while I don't believe that ranking sticks, you're not going to be able to do anything with it. If it's a Zubats, went from 49th to 153rd. He'll bounce back to around the 100, 110 mark. I'm guessing 90 mark. So it happens so often where guys are sell highs and they drop way off and they become buy lows. That's the nature of it. And people, again, there's going to be people who watch this go, how can you say someone's a buy low? And then you can say two weeks later they're a sell high. Well, that is literally the nature of this game. Value goes up, value goes down. You look for people who are reactive to trades and trends and you try and take advantage of that. If you sell someone high and then you get them as a top, you know, a top 30 player back, then they fall and you're able to buy them for a top 80 player and they go up again, you sell them for another top 20. You just keep accumulating talent that way. That is the ideal way to win trades. Now, of course, people are less discriminate against uh, with, with trading and they make just all sorts of crazy ones. But if you can pull those ones off, that is a great way of being able to have, um, have success in fantasy basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Turo. Yes, Turo. 
Turo is something in my screen is just not working. There we go. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car that you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge, sele huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classical luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Or test drive that new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. That's T-U-R-O. I guess in America, how would you say it in America? Turo. I said Turo. Yeah, that's the same. What am I talking about? Anyway, that's the same. Have a check them out. They're good. Let's have a look. The first buy low player. Whose horse is that? Remember what this is. Buy low again. Do not just acquire this guy at any cost. Buy low does not mean you have to trade for this player. It's like see if his manager is frustrated and see if you can get this player at a good price, at a good deal. Because the horse, Keldon Johnson, is struggling. Over the last two weeks, the 230th ranked player, he's 125th in points leagues. You can see he's averaging seven fewer fantasy points per game, 25 down from 32. But the thing we always want to dig into is why and where is the turnaround coming? Well, for him, it's pretty obvious. He's at under 33% from three. He's a 39% three-point shooter this season. Now, I think 39% is too high for Kelden Johnson. I don't think he's that guy. Right? He's not that level of shooter, and with the volume he's taking on, I think he's more of a 36 to 37% player. But there's improvement to come here. But one thing I know for sure is he's not a 36% two-point shooter, which is what he's been over the last six games. He's at 46 for the season. He's been at over 50 for the last three seasons. And while, again, the extra workload might mean he stays under 50 this season, he's not staying under 40. He's not staying under 45. That is a huge, huge increase coming. And those two percentage numbers have meant that his field goal percentage is at 34.4. And on 16 attempts, well, that's just a gigantic hole in your overall fantasy production. So that is going to drop. The other thing, or it's going to rise. The other thing is he's not playing minutes. 30 minutes only over six games. Yes, some of that was with that five-game week and squished in there. But he's at 32 and a half for the season. And I think it's pretty clear that you know, he won't just play 30 minutes a night. Does he play 34? I don't know. Does he play 33? Maybe. But playing 30 minutes a night is not the likely scenario for Kelton. I think he's highly overrated as a prospect. I know that people will disagree. Man, he's just young. He's still got all-star upside. I just don't see it. And you know what? We're allowed to have those different opinions. But I do know this is, this is an opinion, but it's not really an opinion. He's not going to be a 36% two-point shooter. I, I know that's not going to happen. He is going to improve. So Kelton's a guy, I think, when we look at his numbers, we look at him as, as a top 100 guy rest of season, but maybe not a top 50 player. He's fallen from there as well. He's 91st for the season. Yeah, if you can trade someone outside the top 100 or two outside top 100 players to get him, I think that's probably the right move. This one might be controversial. Rowan Barrett. Yes, he's bad. Like I think he's actually really not a good player at all. But... I also know that he's not as bad as what we've currently seen over this last little bit of, bit of time. He, he's not that bad. In the last two weeks, he's 265th. And I can make jokes, and I have, and I continue, I will continue to do it, about how he's never been a top 100 player and he's been consistently outside the top 200. Because that is true and that is funny. 
but he's also in a real slump at the moment. Last game turned that around a little bit, but the general narrative about RJ Barrett, unless you're a delusional Knicks fan, is that he sucks and he stinks. And I think there's truth in that. But I also don't think he's losing his job or he's losing his minutes. He's 121st in points leagues over that time as well, averaging 25 fantasy points. And his season average is 28. He can easily be a 30 fantasy point player. So what's happening? Well, is he a good shooter? No, no, he's actually a dreadful shooter. But he's at 24% from three over the last eight games. Last season, he hit 34. This season, he's only at 27. But he hit 34 last season. So just bring that 24 up to 30, up to 31. And you're already recovering a lot of value there. He's also not a good two-point shooter. But he's at under 43% over the last eight games. He's at 47 for the season, which would be a career high. I don't think he's ever going to be a 50% guy, but he doesn't need to be. We just need you know, three to four percentage points here, five to six percentage points here. His field goal percentage is 36.6, which is shocking. It's dreadful. His free throws are also bad at 72%, but I, I do think that he's never going to be good in that area as well. But there is a level of sucky, which he, which he is, but then there's whatever this is, and this is really bad, and it is going to improve from here. Is Barrett a must-roster category league play? Well, that's really going to depend on your team. Because he's going to hurt your field goals and free throws. There's no question about that. But in saying that, for the season, he's not actually a punt free throw guy. He's at 77%. And that is like just a marginal, marginal negative. And that's recoverable from. The big issue is his field goal percentage. And I do think there is, obviously, as we've just detailed here, some scope for that to improve. Um, His rebounds are also down. 4.3 rebounds he's out over the last eight games versus five for the season. Is that a big difference? No, but it's still like a 20% change in those rebound numbers. He averaged almost six per game last season. Now, he might not get back to six, but four versus six, big difference. So he's not for everybody. If he's dropped and I need scoring, he's a fine add. But more to highlight in fantasy points leagues that that 25, he can easily push that to 30. And there is a massive buy low window open because that sort of shooting... As bad as he is, I don't think he remains that bad. All right, let's do it. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Sometimes I say a lot of things. Actually, that's not true. I always say a lot of things, and I often say them very fast. Yesterday, I was talking about Kawhi Leonard on the show, and I was talking about you know people being frustrated with him and trying to see what you can do with, say, like a Norman Powell, and someone misinterpreted me saying that I would trade Kawhi Leonard away and get Norman Powell back, and that is 100% the exact opposite of what I said. I am worried about Kawhi, for sure. The 301st ranked player over the last two weeks since he's returned, 195th in points leagues. It's not good. He's averaging 18 fantasy points. 18, but like I, I know he is going to improve from here. He's only playing 23 minutes a night. That will go up. I know you might think it will be slow, and I think it probably will. But I also think he'll be playing 30 by January. Maybe he won't be 34, but I think he'll be 30. I think he has to. Like, for this team to get rolling, he has to. And there are a couple of things here that are just obvious. He's hitting 9% of his threes. Nine. Now, I know he's rusty, right? He's played three games since returning from this weird layoff. 9%. Last time we saw him in 2020, 2021, he hit 40%. I don't expect him to be a 40% shooter, but I'm telling you he's not a 9% shooter. He's hitting 50% of his free throws. The last time we saw him, 89. Did he forget how to shoot him? No, he didn't. So that's obviously going to improve. 
Usage, 19%. He was at 29 last time we saw him. Is he going to be that dominant offensive force? He might not be. But the price on acquiring Kawhi Leonard is so low. Multiple people yesterday, after his third game back, I'm dropping him. He's done. He's cooked. And you know what? That might be the case. But I know that if I had Kawhi and if I drafted him and if I held him until now, I'm bloody not giving up here. But people are. That means you can get you can you can trade Norman Powell away and get Kawhi Leonard. You that is what you can do. Because while we worry about hmm, he looks a bit rusty. Hmm, where are the minutes going? Even if even if the minutes stay at 24 or 25, 9% three points won't won't stay. 50% from the line won't stay. And I'm pretty confident 19% usage, below average usage, won't stick either. I think all of that stuff has to come up. And it's going to push him at least into the top 100 discussion with top 50 upside when we get there and maybe higher, but probably not. Like I'm obviously worried about Kawhi and I wouldn't be sacrificing anything good to get him. But you've got to see, you've got to monitor your teams or your league's chat. You've got to monitor who has Kawhi. Are they struggling down the bottom? Are they ready to cut bait? He might not ever be Kawhi again. That, absolutely. No arguments. But he's better than this. Right? Everyone, if he's if he's not better than this, then they might as well waive him because this isn't an NBA player. So he's going to be better than this. I'm really confident in saying that. Right, this guy. Nice, Gary. This is an all-access show. Even blokes that I don't think are good, RJ Barrett and Gary Trent can be on the list. Gaz is the 337th ranked player over the last two weeks. Undeniably dreadful. 213th in points leagues. He's averaging under 17 fantasy points, whereas for the season, he's at 25. Now, this is only three games, and he's only played 24 minutes in that game. But why has he only played 24 minutes? Because he has sucked. Now, I we're ad nauseum. I talked about it a million times in the preseason about the value of, of, of players and of the value in particular of steals, saying they are the most volatile category year on year. And if you're relying on a player to provide the value of a draft spot based on steals alone, you're going to be in real strife. And that's exactly what's happened to Gaza. Over the last two weeks, over these last three games, he's had three steals. Last season, he averaged 1.8, which was at two steals a game for the majority of the start of the year. I think he finished fourth in the NBA in steals per game. And that pushed him as a clear top 100 player, top 75. And for those of you wackos who use turnovers to evaluate players, you had him, he was a fourth round guy. And again, if you think that turnovers should be included in evaluating players, think to yourself, would you take Gary Trent in the fourth round? And your answer is going to clearly be no. Anyway, a side point. He's at one steal a game, three steals. And even if you go to the course of the season, he's at 1.4 steals. And 1.4 versus 1.8 might seem like a small amount. It's not. It's 25% reduction from last season. And 1.4 takes you from being uh, absolutely elite to being just okay. And when your other stuff's pretty weird, then you're in strife. Now, like Kawhi, he's hitting 9% of threes over the last three games. I don't love Trenner, but I know he's a better shooter than that. He was at 38% the last two years. He's only at 33 this season. So there is still, even if he only is a 33% shooter, nine isn't sticking, right? He's also at 40% from two. He's not a great two-point shooter. He's at 45 last season. But for this season, he's been at 50. So there's plenty of room for Gary to improve. Now, I think that he's actually a fringe 12-team league player in category leagues and probably maybe maybe he's more of a 14-team points league guy. Maybe he is. 
but I know that there's significant improvement here. And he is a guy that does go for steals and can get them. And if you get a little hot streak going with him, and if you get him at this bargain basement price and he has a little run where he gets two steals a game for three weeks, then you trade him away for a top 70 player. That is mainly the reason why I'd buy low on Gary Trank, so I can get him at a cheap price, hopefully. I can maybe even pick him off the wire. And then if we get a hot streak where he hits 44% of threes and gets two steals a game for six games, then I trade him for another top 80 guy, and then I win. Like That's what I try to do with him. But it's also just highlighting, despite the fact that you think I might hate him or hate the Raptors, you know, I, I know that there's improvement coming here. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues, football, basketball, the World Cup, esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Look at NFL Week 12, is it? Or 11? 12, I think. My, my Miami Dolphins. My crusading Miami Dolphins are 13-point favorites over the Houston Texans. Who's Houston running a quarterback? Me. Why is that? That is a huge spread. Are the Dolphins that good? I don't think they're that good. Anyway, you can check all that out at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go to Atlanta for a buy-low player. DeJounte Murray. Now, I have been at pains to suggest that I was down on DeJounte Murray. I did not think he could replicate being a first-round player. Um, Again, his value, as we talked about, was highly, highly correlated into very high steals. And we did a whole show on that. The guys who led each category saying, hmm, you might want to look for some regression here. Well, over the last two weeks, DeJounte is averaging 1.1 steals. That's down from 1.9 this season, which is down from two steals last season. That has hurt. We knew that he would lose value this season heading to Atlanta. Well, actually, you know what? Some people didn't know that. I thought, I presumed he would lose value, and he has. Over the last two weeks, DeJounte is 86th in category leagues and 55th in points leagues. He's averaging under 35 fantasy points versus 43 for the season, and he's hitting 20% of his threes versus 31% over the course of the year. He's also at just 5.7 assists, which is down from 7.3 over the year and 9.2 last season. We do not expect him to be 9.2, but I think 7 is reasonable. I talked a lot about DeJounte Murray, um, how the, some of his recent production has been maybe more in line with expectation. You know, he, there was 23-8-7, 19-8-5, 19-3-5, but there's been two really bad shooting nights in a row that have dropped those numbers down. I think that he's probably a third-round guy moving forward, but if you can get a deal on him at the moment, I would definitely be looking into that. A top 50 guy in exchange for DeJounte Murray, I, I would do it. People can, again, it depends who's got him. People can be reactive with it, but I would not expect DeJounte to be a first or second round player. Second, maybe. Maybe a back-end second player. That is possible. He's 22nd for the season. But I think that he probably settles into the 22 to 26, 27 zone, maybe 30th. But there's going to be some improvement on quite a few of these numbers here, I think. Let's go to the sell-high portion of the show. We are running well behind time. Let's burn it up by looking at the burner, Jalen Brunson, who has been great. He was a guy that I was okay on at the start of the draft process, around 70s. And I thought, I just kept running, going, okay, extra minutes, a few more assists, you'll bump up. And then in the end, I had him mid-50s. Um, and he's exceeding that pretty easily. He's 24th over the last two weeks, 39th in points leagues. 
He's averaging almost 38 fantasy points, which is only one point higher than his season average of 37. So in a points league, he might not be a sell high. Be aware of that. His usage is up over the last two weeks. 27% usage versus 24.5 over the season. He was at 22 usage last season, and he is taking shots away from Randall and from Barrett, rightfully so. There's two things, though, that I'm really cautious about in terms of projecting him out. Over the last two weeks, he's hitting 96% of his free throws. That is obviously ridiculous, and he's doing it on almost six attempts per game. That's really one missed free throw over the last eight games, or maybe two. Last season, he was at 84 the season before that, 80. The season before that, 81. And even this season, he's at 87. And that includes this 90% run on huge volume. I think he's probably a high 80s, 88, 89% free throw shooter. But there is a huge difference between 96 and 88, and no one maintains 96. And on that volume, that is his best category in fantasy is free throw percentage over the last two weeks. It is his best category by a significant margin. It's double the value of every other category. So when that comes back and pushes back to still being 88 or 86, you lose probably 10 spots right there. The other thing is he steals. This is a guy who averaged 0.8 steals last season in 32 minutes, 0.5 the year before that, 0.4 the year before that. Over the last eight games, he's at 1.6. Now, he has improved his steals a lot. He's at 1.2 for the season. But 1.6 versus 1.2 is still a 33% increase. 1.6 versus 0.8 last season is a 100% increase. There's going to be something that falls off here. And some of it is, is fueled by, he had this stretch where he had four steals, three steals, three steals. And then over the next four games, he's had three steals combined. But it just goes to show that you have this little run of steals and everything gets bumped up and player raiders won't tell you the reason why the value is bumped up. But you've got to dig into it. And that's why he's at 24th in category leagues and 39th in points leagues. I would look at him as a top 50 player in category leagues. But see if you can get get him or, or trade, a, trade him away for a top 25 player. I would try that. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Um, look, he's been really quite poor this season. And now he's turning it on in like a huge way. And that's great if you're able to pick him up off the waiver wire. I'm still really cautious about doing that, but he's rolling. Over the last two weeks, he's 31st. Doesn't get, I mean, there's 30 players better than him. In points leagues, he's 64th. He's averaging 32 fantasy points versus under 25 for the season. So is this Harrison Barnes getting back to normal or is this a weird outlier? Last season, he was a top 100 player in 34 minutes a night. He's only playing 30 minutes a night. So while this is great, while this is an interesting run where you can add him and see how it goes, if you could trade him away for any top 100 player, I would do it because there are things here that will not stick. 42% three-point shooting. He can be a good three-point shooter. He hit 39% the last two seasons. 42 versus 39 might seem small, but it is big. It's a big difference. And he's at 27% from the season. And that's obviously going to settle and come up. But he's on a red hot streak over the last six games. But that's not everything. Because this is a guy who last season hit 53% from two. The year before that hit 57. The year before that hit 50. Over the last six games, he's hitting 73% of his twos. So you can argue that he might stay a 40% three-point shooter. And I don't really have strong arguments against that. I do have arguments against him being a 73% two-point shooter. He's at 59 for the season, which is still up. I think that you know, if he settles in around 56%, 57%, it's a massive drop. And 
the notoriously non-defensive stat accumulating Harrison Barnes is getting 1.2 steals over the last six games, which has turned into a positive when that's normally a negative. It's like a one standard score swing from negative 0.5 to positive 0.5. So you tie that in. Like he's shooting 61% from the field and 89% from the line on six attempts. So he's got massive field goal percentage boost, massive free throw percentage boost, turned his negative steals into a positive and still only scoring 17 points and playing 30 minutes. There is going to be big regression coming. Does it push him back outside the top 100? I believe it does. And if you could get any top 100 player back for the pencil, I would do it. Let's talk about the big stiffy, Bones Highland. Now, this is an obvious one. Jokic has been out. Murray has been out. Gordon has been out. But people love stiffies. People love the boner, right? They love him. And I get it. He's fun. I love him too. I'm really excited about this guy as a future player. So in general, when there's an obvious reason as to why someone is getting the minutes or why someone's production is up, you can't really execute it. But it depends on the player. Psychology is a part of it. Understanding trends, understanding internet values of players. And Bones is one of those guys that people will look at and go, oh yeah, he's unleashed. They can find these minutes for him, no problem. He's playing 29 minutes a night over the last two weeks. Now he's been in and out with illness, but 29 minutes. That's 20 up from 23 over the course of the year. I think he can be borderline top 100, top 110. But he's 37th over the last two weeks and 62nd in points leagues. He's averaging 33 fantasy points versus 26 for the year. So his usage is through the roof as well. I don't know that it can stick. He's at 31% usage over the course of the season, not just these last two weeks. He was at 24 last season. 31 is an astronomically high number. And I do fear that that won't stay at that level. And that's going to drop production overall. He also, like, I know it's a small sample size, but he's hitting 100% of his free throws on four attempts. That's a Z score, a standard score of two. For the year, his standard score there is 0.33 because he's hitting 84%. That just goes to show you, like, 100% is, is a ridiculous number. He's 17 of 17 over the last four games. So not only is he taking tons, that's over four a game, he hasn't missed. 17 of 17. But over the other 21 attempts he's taken this season, he's 15 of 21 with six misses. So that is going to drop and that's going to reduce his scoring. It's going to reduce his free throw percentage impact. And then those 28 minutes come down. I think he can be a top 100 player, but if I get a top 80 guy back for Bones, I'd do it. Because there's a few things here which are pretty clearly going to drop. Let's go to Charlotte. This guy has had a lot of opportunities all season, Kelly. Kelly Oubre Jr. He has. He's the 110th ranked player for the year, but over the last two weeks, he's 43rd in category leagues and 31st in points leagues, averaging 39 fantasy points. He's at just under 32 for the season in fantasy points. So what's happened here and why do I not believe in this? Well, LaMelo Ball's played three games. Gordon Haywood's been out of those games that LaMelo played as well. Cody Martin hasn't played. Dennis Smith's been in and out. And when the team gets healthy, their starting lineup will not include Kelly Oubre. Rogier. He's struggling as well. Ball, Rogier, Haywood, Washington, Plumley. That's their starting five. And yes, Haywood can get hurt at any point. Yes, Ball is not back. This is all true. Martin's still weeks away. This is all true. But if you're trying to maximize value for a trade when you're trying to look forward to stuff, I don't think that Ubre remains a 12-team league guy rest of season. And he's rolling at top 50 numbers. He's playing 35 minutes a night, which probably pushes back to 27. Remember last season, he played 26 minutes a night. 
on a roster that's relatively the same without Miles Bridges. Now, Bridges will yeah, have an impact there in allowing Ubre to, to keep his minutes higher, but it's not just those extra minutes. He averages steal a game last season. He's at 2.1 over the last seven. That is a huge change. He's hitting 80% of his free throws. He's only at 73 for the season, and he was at 67 last season, 69 the year before that. So he's gone from a negative free throw guy to a positive free throw player at 80%. He still has his struggles with his shooting, 29% from three, 55% from two. But the minutes, no chance. The steals, they're going to regress. And the free throws, we'd suggest they fall as well. If I got any top 100 player back for Ubre, I'd be really happy with it. Now, it's going to be hard to do in a week where they play only two games, but his value is probably going to extend a little bit, at least, at least until um, a ball returns, and then you've got Smith working back in there. But we'll see. Does he move to the bench? I think he does. And then eventually Martin's going to come back. It's going to be a slow decline, but I think it is going to be a decline for Kelly Oubre. And the last guy is a guy, again, who's getting by, on the fact that there are players out, and that's punch Bob shit bloke, Bobby Portis. Over the last two weeks, Portis is the 79th ranked player. He's 74th in points leagues. He's averaging 31 fantasy points versus 30 and a half for the season. It's not that big a difference, is it? But remember, he has played this season 29 or 27 minutes a night, but 29 minutes a night over the last six games. This has been a season where it's been no Chris Middleton at all, no Pat Connaughton at all, limited Drew Holiday, and missed games from Giannis. Last season, Portis played 28 minutes a night with Brook Lopez out. So we can compare what he's doing now and go, well, he's 92nd overall. Last season, he was 76. He played 28 minutes. He's playing 27. You go, well, that's just the same. But if this team gets healthy, and you'd have to think that Middleton's going to return, Holiday's there, Giannis is there, Lopez is fine. Portis goes back and plays 24 minutes off the bench and drops outside the top 100. That's how I see that. So in addition to that, over the last six games, not only is he playing a couple of extra minutes and started a few of those games, well, his free throws have gone from 80 to 92. And he was at 75 last season and 74 the year before that and 76 the year before that. Even if we buy him as an 80% free throw shooter, I don't buy him as a 92% free throw shooter. And then his assists have doubled. He was at 1.2 last season. Last six games, 2.5. That is that a big difference? Is 2.5 a big number? And of course it's not. But when you go from 1.5, which is significant negative, to take yourself up to almost being neutral in that category, that's probably a 15-spot ranking jump right there. And these are the little things that go into these numbers and go into a player's value that sometimes get overlooked. Two versus one, that doesn't really matter, does it? But, it? but it does. It does impact the value of that player. They go from being someone who hurts you to someone who helps you or at least keeps you neutral in that category. And that's where Porter sits. I don't think he maintains top 100. You've got a window that's still open until Middleton returns. So try and do it. Try and get a top 85 guy back for Bobby Portis. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, you thumb it up. You leave your comments, you subscribe, and you ring my little ding-a-ling bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.